I'm Nicola. And I'm Jay Percy. And And welcome welcome to the Afro Animist Podcast. We are two Abir women and animist conjurers exploring witchcraft, healing and psychedelics. The Afro Animist Podcast explores the secular through the spiritual, discussing life experiences through a sacred lens. Here you'll get to hear talk about philosophy, metaphysics, occultism, shamanism, culture, healing, nature, animism, the arts, conspiracies, psychedelics and witchcraft. Nothing is off the table in these discussions which aim to get to the heart of what it means to be spiritual and Afro-diasporic in an increasingly sterile, authoritarian and Eurocentric world. As Afro-Caribbean millennial Londoners, we keep it real whilst exploring the biggest mysteries of our multiverse. Join us in holding this space to cry, laugh, debate, build community and tear down oppressive structures. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Afro-Animist podcast, you beautiful, beautiful being of the multiverse. You're here with me today, Jay Percy, the artist. And me, Nicola, aka Curly Ninja. And today we are going to be talking about the magic of the womb. The Um, magic of the womb. I love the title of that topic. I know, I love it. Jay (laughs) is an absolute wordsmith, by the way, and she's coming up with all our titles and they're phenomenal. And I'm, I'm so excited to talk about this today. For me, this has been, as a woman, like one of the most integral parts of my journey, you know, as my spiritual journey and my life journey. Mm. it's been this connection with your womb right yeah of course um and also just kind of being a modern woman uh we aren't taught like you know our 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 mums will say my mum will say to me nobody told me about my period for example my period just started and we had to just figure Mm. that out all of a sudden you're like 12 years old and you're bleeding out your vagina and someone gives you a sandwich towel and that's your education on it um Oof. you know so I feel like it's and, so and it, unceremonial isn't it it's unceremonial oh my gosh and it's like I feel like it's a real this is this is one of those real big wounds for for women where one of the things that's mm. kept us in a place of lack of power um because you know this is the the place from which life comes <laughs> and we have no idea how it works. yeah it's like I can literally throw a stone ask that a woman across the road like do you, you know when's your period due and she won't wouldn't be able to tell me and I find that yeah. um really interesting the way that we just have zero education um when it comes to our cycles as women we're just kind of expected to just get on with it and figure it out but it's still a semi-taboo subject yeah, it's still not subjects that you can openly talk with, you know, the masses. You have to kind of select the people that you have to talk about with it. And it's kind of bizarre considering that there's not a single person on the planet who wasn't gestated in a womb. Yes. I am getting that right, right? They haven't done some like weird science thing where they've like grown up. I don't know why it's because I sure think grown a baby in a Coke can. <laughs> I'm sure there's some lab somewhere where that's what's happened, but it isn't in the mainstream media yet. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. I saw them attempting to do it with like a lamb or something in a like artificial womb. And um, that was an article I saw a while back where I think that's something that they're trying to 
do with humans and you know actually it was really upsetting to see the article i saw it on facebook and of course on facebook you get the lovely lovely comment section i mean that mm-hmm. lovely lovely the most non-lovely lovely way possible yeah. um where you had a lot of people saying oh well this is going to be great for people who can't have kids or can't carry kids and still want kids and i was, my thoughts were and i'm saying this as someone who potentially can't have kids right I, I, I'm healing from PCOS, endometriosis, adenomyosis. I hate, I loathe this idea of any creature being born out of anything other than a womb, um, because it's been designed perfectly over millennia, symbiotically, by nature. It's not just a space that holds a baby. It's not just a space that grows a placenta. You know, when a baby is growing in the womb, they've got the sound of this heartbeat. They've got, um, if you're spiritual, you understand there's going to be some auric connection. Um, and there's a safe, a sense of security and attachment that forms initially in the womb that wouldn't form anywhere else. It just, it, it, there's nowhere else it would form in nature, right? Mm-hmm. So this idea of like replacing a womb to gestate life, um, I find it really disturbing because it kind of just shows how far we've come in a, as a society um, away from this idea of spirituality and understanding metaphysics. We don't understand metaphysics. And because we don't understand metaphysics, we're deciding to gestate babies in plastic bags. Freaky, right? so freaky it is so freaky and there's something that does just feel like you know in your in your bones that feels for me anyway inherently wrong it just feels wrong you're right oh, it's a visceral it's a visceral feeling it's reading feeling, this article right? and then mm, like ugh. and then reading the comments of people who are very much in support of it like not being funny if you if you can't just date a baby yourself there are already options there's adoption there's surrogacy mm-hmm. um there's fostering there are genuinely viable options to having a child if you're not able to carry a child yourself this idea of growing a baby in sterile plastic that doesn't have a heartbeat heartbeat doesn't have that sense of an auric connection that feels anti-human to me but you know i'm constantly banging on about how much of capitalism feels anti-human it just feels like I, i didn't realize capitalism could go that far but here we are yeah I mean yeah I totally I totally agree with your feeling on that to be honest and it is it is strange isn't it how it can just bring up a feeling um Mm. that is so yeah you're right so visceral and just something about it doesn't feel right and I think it is it is because there's I mean one of the things I think about in that scenario and obviously I'm not a scientist so I, I literally don't know but is you know, the nature of growing a baby. So the fact that that child is sharing blood with its mother, obviously you're speaking about the heartbeat, mm. but even just that, the sharing of blood, the sharing of breath, the sharing of food, um, mm. that's building that connection already, but also is just growing a human in a, a really specific way. So if all of that is taken away and given back, but given in a way that isn't natural, has been designed, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like these are the places where you, it, it can bring it into a place where you start to question the nature of consciousness and humanity and what makes a person a person. Yeah. And this idea of decommissioning the womb, 
Mm. I feel like this is conspiracy theorist time. <laughs> I genuinely feel like um, the system at the moment is very, very happy with this almost decommissioning of the womb mm-hmm. um, because ultimately in the long run, it, it puts the state, it puts the corporations back into a seat of power because um, if they can control genesis if they can control Mm -hmm. the bringing about of life then really it's it's game over for the rest of us right it it decommissions us um who those of us who choose to give birth it decommissions those people Mm -hmm. and there's a sense there's a sense of power in that the the people that choose to make that choice to have a baby yeah via via natural means if they are able obviously you know it's just sad it's so sad and it makes me think about so in our episode predictive programming i spoke Mm -hmm. a bit about brave new world by aldous huxley yeah and that's it in that in that universe in that you know future universal reality bred by him we uh, we we decided that humans have decided that giving birth naturally was disgusting to grow a baby mm. in a natural ter- in a natural way, like sex is okay. Sex is something that they really force on you, and there's no taboos around it. You can have sex with who you want and however you want. But if you were to get pregnant and grow a baby, then you would be um, like, what's the word? You know, kind of ejected from society. Yeah, and it's exiled. I found that exiled. That's it. It's like this, and I find that such an interesting concept considering where we're where we seem to be going and the potentials that we have now with science. Um, and yeah, this, this, this whole kind of decommissioning that's happening, it feels like anyway of womanhood and of the womb and of the importance of that and the sacredness of that. Um, you know, how easy it is to make something like childbirth disgusting. I mean, my, my sister-in-law is pregnant at the moment. She's literally got a couple of weeks to go. So exciting. And oh, she, congrats. I know. And she's just sent us videos of like the baby, like, punching its like arm out of it and it literally looks like there's some alien in her belly man it isn't like it's like the most beautiful attractive thing to see it's really funny um and do you know taking an image like that for example you can easily make it into something that isn't attractive mm-hmm. you know even with the things that we're told as women now like you know about our body you know this whole thing there's obviously there's always this massive focus on the on women's bodies and what their bodies look like and what's big and what's small and da, 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 stretch marks all of that kind of shit um and it and it completely takes away from the yeah from this amazing this is literally if i think about it the most amazing thing the, yeah. the most phenomenal thing that our bio computer vessel can create <laughs> life and we still don't really understand fully how it does that it's just yeah. um yeah, it's really, it's really beautiful. So that's what we want, we want to talk about as well. We want to talk about the beauty, the magic of the womb. Um, yeah, not just I, childbirth, because honestly, there are a lot of people who can't, can't get pregnant. And I, I don't want anyone to feel judged by anything we're saying here, because, um, yeah, like I said, a similar problem. <laughs> yeah. So let's just get that straight before we, we go on. Yeah, this is a no, no no judgment space. Like whatever your choices in regards to this are, they're they're absolutely fine. That's your choice. Yeah, um, 
your, your uterus, your opinion. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm totally all for that, man. You make your own decisions. Um, for me, I just think it's really important to bring a little bit of light onto the, on just to the subject of, um, of, of your person with a womb, uh, mm. getting to know that organ because it yeah. massively affects your life. <laughs> so any person with a womb, any woman will turn around and say, yeah, it, it, it governs every single month completely. <laughs> <laughs> It covers my mood, my cravings. Yeah. <laughs> How nice I'm going to be to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether your relationships survive, that's all governed. <laughs> By the way. To, um, to one extent or another. So for me, the reason this, I mean, one of the reasons this is such an important topic um, is because throughout, from the time I started bleeding um, to pretty much now, I've been... Uh, it hasn't been an easy journey shall we say so I've had to um, I've been really unwell with it a lot I've had lots of issues lots of problems um, that have come up kind of diagnoses here and there saying that I may have this may have that or we don't know what's going on Um, and it meant that I had to take when I was in my early 20s like I I had to take a big responsibility for um, my cycle and I had to get to know it in a way that at that time didn't seem so easy I mean now with Instagram and there is this movement of people there is definitely a massive movement of people um trying to come back into connection with their womb and 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 their cycle um but back then you know we're talking like 17 years ago it was not something that was easily accessible for me at the time so I'd kind of when I was when my period started I was about 13 so I was actually a bit older than most of my peers um and I had problems from day one so like and and this can happen when you first start to menstruate where um your hormones are just crazy because all of a sudden this system has just like started up and um and it can be you know it doesn't necessarily fall into a rhythm straight away but for me I had quite regular periods and but they were insanely painful like crazy pain um where I couldn't move I started getting migraines so when I was like 13 I'd get migraines I'd get stuck in like one position on the bed I wouldn't be able to move for hours because just because of the pain from my head and my womb um and then they were really long and really heavy so I could have like a nine day period where I'm, I'm just bleeding heavy 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 the whole time that culminated in me being about 16 uh, and I became like really anemic I was also then having like nosebleeds and two periods a month so all of a sudden like my cycle just went crazy so I was maybe having two nine-day periods a month now that is not fun that sounds horrible <laughs> it's fucking oh my horrible. god and but I was also How are you still alive babe because I'm superhuman I'm a woman, woman you know <laughs> clearly um, <laughs> But yes, I'm having these two nine day periods a month. I'm having also just start having these crazy nosebleeds. So like I'm just, I remember one time being at martial arts and it was crazy because I just, um, I just graded. So I just stepped up a belt and the belt they were giving me was a red belt. As they gave me this red belt, my nose just went like, and there's just blood all over the floor. That is something to remember. Oh my god! Okay, I will never forget because it was all men as well, and they were all really nice, and they just kind of gathered me up and like drove me home. It's really sweet, but it was like, what does this mean? Um, so then I, so then I, you know, this wasn't okay. I couldn't function with 
obviously bleeding so much in a month. So I was started to go to the doctors. I was having like, at 16, I was having like internal scans. Like I'm telling you, like as a virgin, it is not nice, especially to have so an internal invasive. ultrasound. It's so invasive. And they were all like, oh, you know, the doctor comes in and she's like, okay, so we're going to do this. Um, do you want your mum to stay in the room? And I'm like, yeah, I want my mum to stay in the room. <laughs> do you mind? <laughs> we're teaching right now. Do you mind if I have a student come in here? And I'm like, uh, oh, fuck's sake. What can I say? Okay, it's fine. And then like five fucking medical students walk in and there's a 16 year old girl just on the table with stirrups, like with some fucking ultrasound machine that looks like a dick shoved up me. Fun times, graphic, that's, but that is literally that's weird. Tra- that's traumatizing. That's horrible. It was, it was quite traumatizing. And then there's all these connotations as well of being uh, an ethnic minority and the respect yeah. and stuff that you get, especially when you go. So for me, they couldn't find anything. <laughs> can, I, I, can I pause you on that? Yeah. We, going back to the days of the slave trade where they mm-hmm. would specifically um, use black women uh, in their operating theater theater being the pivotal word, like the key word, like watching the spectacle of operating or mm-hmm. pulling apart the wombs of black women. It, there's a long racist history of that happening. So yeah, the, the connotation of that happening with, did they tell you there were going to be five students? Did they just no, say a student and then five came said, in? Yeah. Can I have a, can we have a student in here? But I think the reality is, is that I was a child. I was yeah. having an invasive procedure and, you know, as an adult, I'm like, yeah, cool. It's a, a teaching hospital. We need to teach people. But I don't know if I was the person who should have given permission for that. And I didn't really understand what was happening because it was the first time that I'd ever had any experience like that before. So I, don't, I know I know in the UK you can have sex at 16, but really, I don't think that's an age for consent for anything. You're, mm-hmm. The adult brain doesn't really form until 25. Yeah, mm-hmm. but... I, I, I know the law is always going to be slightly tricky around this because, you know, what age does one become sexually active and what age is it, you know, pl- plausible, viable for people to give consent on things. But being 16, giving consent on something that's that invasive, it feels like asking a child's opinion for something that they have no point of reference for in the world. That's exactly what it is. That is exactly and what it is. And the womb is intelligent. The womb knows it's mm-hmm. it's going to send out the hormones that like oh crap i'm in danger mm-hmm. that's not something you want running through the body of a kid exactly and then to have the information that was came back for me for example after that scan was oh you've got a perfect your womb looks perfect shaped like it looks fine there's nothing that we can see so then i'm still have these problems like the the bleeding hasn't changed but i've been told by authority that there's nothing wrong with me so that's that so, you know, and that, again, I think is a, a really important thing to to think about and consider, because for me, that has happened repeatedly with doctors and health. And, you know, to the extent where in a way, I guess for me, it's been kind of there has been a positive side where I've gone, OK, fuck this. If you guys are not going to listen to me, then I'm going to go and find my own way. And I have found a way, but it could have been a damn sight easier if those in authority had actually been supportive in the in the way that is right for a young woman who's who's struggling with these kind of things um yeah so after that I kind of just you know suffered for a couple more years and then um I got into my first ever relationship and we were starting to have sex and I 
decided to go to the doctor and ask about the pill. And they said to me, well, you should be on the pill because um, it will even out your period. Right, so these problems you have with your period, we're not going to worry about why you have these problems or try and investigate that. We're just, we just want to stick something over it. So if you take these extra hormones, it will be all good. So I'm there like going, I'm 18, cool. I want to have sex. I don't want to get pregnant. They say this is going to make me bleed less. Awesome. I'll take this thing. And it completely changed my body. Um, in ways, to be honest, that now some, I miss some of those ways. My boobs were, my boobs were so big. Like I miss those boobies, the pill boobies. But But apart from that, it's like the disconnection with my system really happened at that point because, you know, what that does is it obviously shoots you full of specific chemicals and it changes the way your body works. And it's an integral system to your body, your, your, your menstrual cycle. So for me, I then became completely disconnected with my cycle. I wasn't having a real cycle because you don't, when you're on the, the pill, you have, you bleed. But some people bleed. I guess it depends on what pill you take and how you take it. Um, but I wasn't having a period. I was not having a period. So I was on that for about six years. Um, and then I started to bleed crazy heavy again longer so my period started to be like 10 days long um and I, my pain got a thousand times worse I went back to the doctor about 23 24 and he says oh uh, yeah maybe just take two pills a day and I'm sitting there like what how scientific so just take two <laughs> what sorry GP T- just take two pills yeah just take two pills and see what ha- and I'm sitting there like are you <laughs> are you crazy are you, you that that is literally all you're offering me just take two of these things that obviously have stopped working like so what is it just mm-hmm. this thing that you increase the dose and then you ignore the fact that something's going on mm-hmm. so I decided to come off the pill and that became a whole other thing because I didn't wean off it I just stopped it I just stopped the pill I was like fuck this mm-hmm. stopped it having my first period in like six years was phenomenal though I mean it, it wasn't easy but I could just feel very freeing it was so freeing man it was like I could feel the difference between the the my bleeding on the pill and me actually bleeding and my body actually having that reset and clearing out in a specific way and getting going again but then for years for like two or three years after my periods were all over the place and this happens so this can if you're on the pill and it's something and you and you want to maybe stop taking it I would do some good research online because there's lots of people who have been through really similar things as me where it completely just kind of sends your body off in a crazy place because you've been on this medication directing your body system for years usually for most people um but there's ways to like wean off so you get as minimal negative effects as as possible I didn't do that I just Mm. stopped it um and then I had another crazy journey of being like a 24 year old mixed race woman in South London trying to get a different form of birth control so I decided I didn't want to get anything hormonal I tried to have a coil fitted and that was the most painful experience of my life and they couldn't fit so the options were like implant injection or whatever diaphragm so I was like let's let me get this diaphragm have you ever have you ever used one Jay a diaphragm yeah yeah I have but it's been very recent like literally in the last couple of years yeah so when I went to try and get this diaphragm there was like one nurse in the whole of London who was qualified to teach you how to put a diaphragm in and I asked her, I said, like, one. why is this? One. And I asked her, I said, why is this? And she said, oh, it's because basically, she said, I have been using a diaphragm for my entire adult life because I think it's the best method of birth control. But it is more risky because you have a personal responsibility. So you can't be like going out to the club and then like find a guy, come home 
and just get on with it. You have to be like, go out to the club, find the guy, come home and be like, hang on, just give me 10 minutes to put my diaphragm in. <laughs> and, people, <laughs> and people don't like, obviously, that breaking of the kind of sexual energy. Yeah. Um, so, and people can make mistakes. You have to put it in properly and, you, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but for me, it was mind blowing. I'm like, I'm an intelligent young woman. I know what I want. I also know that I... Um, you know I'm sensible enough to do this why wouldn't I be sensible enough to do this um so anyway so I managed to get the diaphragm fitted it was such a crazy process that I've literally it was one of those things where they they basically turned around to me one doctor and said like we don't like young women in South London going off the pill and it's all to do with their statistics of like who's getting pregnant who's signing up you know all this that kind fit, of fucking uh, sorry shit. automatically I thought that feels a bit racist oh but really just a bit just a just, bit. Just a we, bit. Know who's in, we know who's in South London. We know who's in South fucking London. Yeah. A hundred and that but that mm. again literally let a fire up my ass and I was like, fuck this shit, man. Sorry for my language. I no, am going sorry, to, as much as you need. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm gonna be on top of this. And if you're using yeah. like a diaphragm, the point is you don't have to use it your whole cycle. You know, then this is one thing I didn't understand. When and how you can get pregnant. Obviously we know mm. how you have sex. <laughs> but there's only <laughs> There's only specific times in the month that you can get pregnant. And this whole idea that we're literally just like walking like fertile plots that you just have to baby factory and a baby will come out. It's like not shoot out. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And I tell you what, learning about my cycle gave me so much power. And it also gave me the ability to kind of go, do you know what? I know that I get premenstrual, for example, around this time of the month, every month without fail. So I'm not going to do something on that day. I'm going to change my timetable. I'm going to change how I live around that time because I can now look into the future, knowing my own body and see, you know, and kind of more gear it up towards what I need, put the boundaries in place that I need to be able to take care of myself in the right way. And that was not possible before because I had no clue what was up and what was down when it came to this stuff. Yeah. What's your experience been with your cycle well it's been it's probably been just as <laughs> slightly different but just as mad as yours mm-hmm. um I remember when I first got my period I remember being really freaking unhappy um having like the power taken out of my hands um because I had um I guess being really really candid about my life here um my mum and dad don't live together so my dad would come over like once a week and I remember sort of walking into the living room after what had been my mother just telling my dad my brother was in the room my dad was in the room and they were both sitting there smirking as I walked into the room and then I think my dad made like a a smarmy reference towards it and I would have been about 12 and I just remember breaking down into tears and feeling really attacked like really mocked really sort of denigrated by these stupid smirks on their faces and mm-hmm. um I sort of asked mum why did you tell and she's like well he's your father he has to know but it almost felt like in that moment like the power of that was taken out of my hands there mm-hmm. should have been a conversation with me to sit down and say like listen we're gonna have to tell your dad because he needs to know about this part part of your life and we can sit down together and you know there would have been a different way of handling it that didn't leave me sort of feeling shame Mm-hmm. So from like day two or three of my period, the very first one, I had this idea of shame sort of put onto me into my system. And that was something that definitely followed me around in school. You know, I remember one boy digging out um, like 
I had like a little bag with stuff in it in my in my bag and I remember him pulling it out and going like showing all of his friends like my pads and whatnot and laughing about it and I remember feeling like I remember feeling like shit um having that experience like once again having this power of something personal happening to me being taken away from me and I would get really really painful periods really painful and I would go to the doctors for years and they'd just say oh that's just how periods are it'll even out in a couple of years and every time I'd go back to the doctors they'll even out in a couple of years and it took me getting to like 18 bear in mind like 13 is when I started reporting pain Mm -hmm. 18 I'd gone to the doctor and he sort of said uh maybe we can uh well it would have been even later than that I think it would have it wouldn't have been 18 oh my god it'd be much later 2021 how many years wow. is that now? 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. It's eight years of going through pain, going back and saying, I'm in pain, help me. I'll mm-hmm. just take a paracetamol. He said, right, we'll give you uh, we'll give you a scan. Went for a scan and it turns out my ovaries are polycystic. What that means is, you know, each month an egg is released. Um, normally, it would, like where there's like a little pouch where the egg lies because you're born with all your eggs, it sort of releases the egg into the fallopian tube. And in normal people that pouch will sort of settle back into the ovary so it'll reduce with people who are polycystic it almost form like a bulge like an inflammation on the ovary so you start to have loads of these little pouches of inflammation on the ovary and that's called a polycystic ovary because it forms cysts and it was just the most impersonal experience in the world going in it's like oh yeah you have polycystic ovaries right oh we'll just put you on the pill and here's a pamphlet and he gave me a pamphlet and pretty much this thing sort of saying, oh, chances are you won't be able to have kids, you'll have infertility. Like, well, is there anything I can do to sort out my fertility now if that's the problem? Like, well, are you planning on having kids anytime soon? No. Well, then we're not going to do anything. Just stay on the pill and when you're ready to get pregnant, we'll sort it out then. So I sort of, I remember taking some time off work after that. I was in uni at the time because I just felt so depressed, like, I'm 21 and I've just been told there's a large chance that you are not going to have kids for the rest of your life. Uh-huh. So I took it upon myself to be like, right, no, I'm going to battle this thing. I'm going to get really fit at the gym. I'm going to eat perfectly. And I did. And um, I started going to the gym six days a week. I was eating, um, you know, nothing that wasn't paleo, everything that was natural and fresh. And um, and then in sort of doing sit-ups at the gym, I started to notice that I'm having a really uncomfortable uncomfortable feeling my right lower side where I have my appendix out I thought it might be the scar it wasn't I kept complaining 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 and my partner one day just said like listen if you're in this much pain (laughs) we're gonna take you to the we're gonna take you to Mm A&E if it's not that bad then you can stop complaining and I sort of thought about it I said I'll take me to A&E and he took me to A&E and they did a scan and they found a cyst the size of a golf ball on my right ovary and I remember being in the hospital and them saying oh yeah there's a chance with the size that it is it might twist the ovary and it might cut off blood supply to the ovary so we have to operate on it we might have to remove your whole ovary we don't know what the state of the ovary is um, so I remember being what 22 signing this thing in bed saying 
if you want to like lop off my ovary sure it's fine and feeling like really really upset about that and it got down to the operation well before the operation after telling me by the way it might choke your ovary (laughs) it took four days for them to get me into surgery because each day they're like oh someone more important had to go in someone more important had to go in so I was in the hospital for like four days no food by the way because I you can't eat to go into surgery um just being fed on drips and tubes someone who's gone being from like super fit six days a week in the gym like lifting heavy like in bed not being able to move in so much pain and then just delaying and delaying and delaying and I remember this woman opposite she must have had some like colon obstruction basically she had like extreme constipation to the point they had to like remove the shit manually from her stomach (laughs) and uh, I just her wailing it was like ah every night I didn't sleep for four nights it was horrible when they got round to this operation and they didn't have to remove the ovary they said that I had endometriosis and they explained what that was where basically it's um, parts of the womb lining it finds its way into other areas of the body so each time you menstruate it's almost like that cell menstruates in that area of your body even though it's not in your womb so I know I've got family members who have it in their lungs um you know, I've heard women having it in like their legs, like it forming blood clots and whatnot. So it was forming, they managed to remove a lot of these cells, but of course they can't remove all of them. And then after the operation, you're at risk of this thing called an adhesion, where basically your internal organs, they start to like try and get back into the positions they were. Um, But in doing so, they cause like scar tissue on the inside. So yeah so for the next five years I was going back and forth to the doctors saying like I'm in extreme pain they're just like ah it's just adhesions now that I'm 30 and I do all of my own personal health research because I don't trust the fucking system um there are massages that you can do Mm. to deal with adhesions there are wound massages you can do and I'm just sort of really angry that no one had told me that these were options available to me or I don't know if it is available on the NHS or what, Mm. but they could have at least said you can go and get wound massages to help reduce the pain. They just kept, they gave me. hmm? They don't know. Like this is one of the things they don't know. They don't know that there is a thing because over here, wound massage is not a big thing. It's like, there's a few people who are doing it. It may be getting more popular. The woman I've heard of is the one to go to is in Bristol. But if you go to the doctors and say, I want this holistic therapy and all massage, apart from if you're getting physio or osteo, is a holistic, you know, separate complementary therapy. Then they will say, well, no, there's no, that doesn't work. No, we don't, rec- we can't recommend something that we can't guarantee oh, it works. It, and they it's don't, not scientifically proven. It's not scientifically proven. Like nobody's done Which, the studies. Which, by the way, not scientifically, literally, it's not scientifically proven. All that means is it's not been validated by our eurocentric scientific means exactly exactly that's literally all it is if you go to traditional chinese medicines if you go to like ayurveda um if you go into traditional african medicines they have the evidence that this works because they've been doing it for millennia and it works Mm -hmm. but you know we've been told in the west oh people used to die because we didn't have medicine that is horse crap 
It's absolute horse crap. We had a load of medicine women who knew how to work with the herbs, a load of medicine men. They were all hung as witches. That is the legacy of pharmaceuticals in this country. We had whole herbal and traditional systems that worked perfectly fine, which via the passage of the rich and the male want to, wanting to colonise these practices, these healing arts, they've basically said, oh, that's not scientifically proven. That doesn't mm-hmm. basically... That hasn't been white man proven is what they are saying. Yes. And do not get me wrong. There is a place and time for science. Mm-hmm. There really is. It is important. It has helped us to get far in this society. But we need to be really fucking clear about where it doesn't know what the fuck what it's talking about. And women's wounds, women's health is one of those areas. Babe. Babe. Like literally the, the little amount of research that goes into women's health is actually insane. It's it's crazy. Um, one in ten people in the UK suffer from endometriosis, um, but it's not recognised as a disability, even though it's incredibly debilitating. I have to drag myself into work sometimes, mm-hmm. um, wanting to be lying in bed because I'm feeling half dead, mm-hmm. you know. So these adhesions, they didn't recommend anything for this at all. So I just went on for years and years with this pain. And a few years ago, they said to me, oh, well, you know, we really need to stop the bleeding because with the endometriosis, it's going to start going into other areas and like kill you. You're at risk of diabetes. You're at risk of cancer. So we need to put you on the coil. And uh, like you do, you're sort of like, okay, I'll go on the coil. Mm-hmm. And I've had uh, birth control before. I've had the, the implanon, the implant, terrible. I, I, get, I went up a whole dress size with that going in. And when I said to the doctor, I put on weight. They said, no, you haven't. It's just all in your head. What? You know, you're just not, ex- you're just not exercising enough. Loads of women come in complaining about weight gain, but normally it's just because they're eating too much. Oh my I God, see your face right now. So oh. <laughs> No one can tell me that shit now. Hey, <laughs> no seriously. one can tell me that shit now. I need someone to slap right now. Because this... <laughs> <laughs> and I had the pill. It gave me acne. And I, I am very blessed and lucky and privileged to say I have had perfect skin all of my life. Like, perfect. So if I get acne, that is... Fu- something's fucking off. Something is horribly off. And I was getting like cystic acne on my face. So I had to stop the pill, the implant on. So by the time they got to the marina coil and I said, I don't really want to take this because I've had all of your shit in the past and it really messed up my body. They said, well, this, this only affects the womb space, actually. It doesn't flow into your system. And at the time, this was before I understood that the body is a holistic organism. We are not sum of parts. You can't give a medicine. You know how they say in exercise, oh, you can't spot reduce fat. Yeah. You, you can't spot heal. You can't spot heal your body. I, d- I don't know if people know this. You can't spot heal. Once you put one thing in your body, it may affect one certain area in a way, but it's carrying that information to all of your cells. So I had this marina coil put in because they said it would stop my periods and it would save my body from the plight that was endometriosis. Um, and I, I, I believed them. And within two weeks, two weeks, I had developed sciatica in my left hip, hip, and I was bed bound for a week. I was not able to walk, not able to walk, not able to put pressure on my foot at all. And then I phoned up my gynecologist and I said, this has happened. He's like, oh, it's just coincidental. It's not causation. 
And here I'm thinking, actually, I fucking know my body. <laughs> yeah, whatever. So he said, just keep it in, see how it settles. And it settled, but I remained with the sciatica. So for the last, uh, up until, what, 2020, I was like walking with a limp slightly because I had sciatica in my hip that they said wasn't caused by the marina coil. Um, so I had this removed, I think, February, February 2020. I think I had it removed. Yeah, it was February 2020 I had it removed. And the sciatica cleared up within like a week. Like mostly. There's still remnants of it today, but like the sharp pain that I was like having to like try and ignore constantly, mostly gone. And when I started that this it took that moment for me to be like, do you know what? I'm no longer going to be a guinea pig to pharmaceutical companies because that's all they're doing they're shoving me with shit they don't actually know what they're doing if i'm being honest mm-hmm. and um i need to find a way to look after myself and as i started doing more research the vagus nerve it's a nerve that runs through your body and seems to run through all of your major organs and controls your flight fight response it actually goes past the womb so it t- mm-hmm. it's attached to the womb so then you have this like foreign object in your body pressing against your organs pressing against this nerve why wouldn't you be in pain why wouldn't you constantly be in a state of high cortisol when your body is like shit there's something in me get it out get it out get it out and you can't get it out um and my story brings me to probably what two weeks ago where the gynecologist phoned me up in the sort of routine check and because um, I had a, an ultrasound and they said, oh, right, well, now you have adenomyosis, which is basically where those cells find their way into the lining of my womb, those sort of endometrial cells. Yeah, so it's actually in the womb. I, I had a six month, I had like a four month period <laughs> and then a whole week of just like, this is the first period in like five years, by the way. So I had a four month period, which was the lightest I've ever had, which was then followed by a week long like I thought I was going to die but still had to go to work like literally just heavy bleeding and it was it was horrid 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 so then I get the phone off of this guy saying oh you have adenomyosis and um you know we need to make sure that you have a regular bleed so we're going to put you back on the pill (laughs) not taking the pill I said I'm not taking the pill I'm not being funny, but I've had this marina coil, which you said has no link to the sciatica, even though I've been on plenty of forums and there are thousands of women Mm -hmm. who are complaining about this exact same thing and who are all complaining and being told by their doctors that it's it's in their head. It's not linked. Do all of these women have. uh, Are they all imagining it? Yeah, you're psychotic. Every one of you is psychotic. Psychotic, yeah. yeah. He wasn't a- he wasn't able to say anything at all. And the pain specialist, they offered me some pain management. And I said to them, Well, you know, no, I'm not gonna take any more pain management. Um I asked them specifically, like, if I take this thing you're recommending, what is it going to do to my kidneys and liver? And there was a pause, like, oh shit, I've been asked the magic question. And the reply back was, Okay, yeah, so it will do some damage to your liver and kidneys and we'll be able to give you this medicine on top of that to help combat this so i just felt drug peddled drug peddled and it isn't even good weed (laughs) do you know what i mean (laughs) 
like, fuck, what are these people trying to do to me? This is an assault on the system. So me, my journey has with pharmaceutical companies and hospital for the last decade has just been one of disempowerment, violence, and it's a violence on my fucking body mm-hmm. because now I've started to move to more um, herbalistic ways because I don't want to be dealing with it anymore. I'm looking into wound massage now. But mm-hmm. bear in mind, this this last conversation with a gynecologist and pain management specialist was like a couple of weeks ago where I'm just like, no, fuck the system. Next time they phone me up, to, I'm just going to release myself from that clinic because it's been a decade now and they've not done anything to help. They're just throwing mud at the wall and seeing what sticks and none of it's fucking sticking. Mm-hmm. and your womb is so essential for manifestation for fucking basic health for getting to where you want to be in your life it is an essential organ both physically and spiritually mm-hmm. I, I don't think people realize how important it is that you have a good sense of self um, because this womb space, it, it acts as a perfect storage system for all of the emotional and literal physical junk you consume. If you're not being mindful of looking after your womb space, it's so important to look after your womb space. And you know what? I wish I could have a time machine and go back to that 21-year-old and say, like, listen, you do understand that the womb is affected by a lot of emotional hardship, Right make sure you're going to the somatic therapists to help deal with this because you're carrying a lot of trauma, which is, you know, expressing in the womb Mm -hmm. because there are mental links. If you read um, any of Gabor Mate's work, you take a look at psychoneuroimmunoendocrinology. You can start to see the link between your hormones and your feelings and your socials and how that actually has an effect on conditions like polycystic ovaries endometriosis and when i do think about um that time from 13 to 21 when i was being when i was experiencing these problems first of all i was suffering extreme stress like i would cry myself to sleep most nights Mm -hmm. if someone had picked up on this would i be in a different position with my womb now Mm -hmm. Because I, I want to have kids. I, wa- I want to have kids. I, I, I've always wanted to have and adopt because I want a big family. Mm-hmm. But now it just puts me in this horrid position where I'm having to think, like, do I need to start getting on it now? Because I'm 30 and as I get older and older, my chances would decrease anyway. But now I have this added, <laughs> this added bonus of having three conditions, three labels assigned to my womb. Mm-hmm. and look i it's it's a crazy story and i think one of the craziest things about it is that i'm sure so many people who listen to this will have had similar experiences i don't mm. know one woman who's gone through fertility issues period issues endometriosis any of these things and actually come out and gone oh yeah the doctors were amazing i had it was diagnosed straight away and <laughs> they like, were so good it was, it was oh my so god good. <laughs> Exactly. And I think it's really interesting, actually, this talking about the vagus nerve, because this is one of the most important pairs of nerves in our body. It reaches from mm. our um, cerebral cortex all the way down to the, if you're a woman, to the cervix of your womb. And so I've also yeah. had things with this in the last couple of years because I had um, precancerous cells on my cervix that I had to have removed. And it took me about a year to get them removed because I did not trust 
I basically, I, I went home, I researched loads of stuff. I read loads of medical books um, specifically about what I was going through. And then I went back to the hospital with actual proper questions and they couldn't answer my questions about the vagus nerve. And the whole thing is that they haven't actually done the research into the how the vagus nerve is actually affected in the womb, although mm. they know that it's stimulated by the cervix and all that kind of stuff. Um, and like you're saying with the coil, it's put straight into the cervix. So it's that's placed right into the, the bottom root of the vagus nerve. And you're telling yeah. me that that is not going to affect your, your nervous system, your parasympathetic nervous system. Like what? You know, when I had, mm. I had to have um, about a centimeter of my cervix removed oh, to get rid of these cells. And it freaked me out because when I was asking the doctor about it, her response was similar to what you've been told. Like, well, yeah, okay, fair enough. You've gone on the internet and you've seen that loads of women who've had this operation have said that they no longer can <laughs> orgasm or feel, uh, you know, now that they can't really feel their hip or they can't, you know, whatever. They're all making it up. It's all psychosomatic. Oh. So, you know, that's the answer either, you know, so you can either decide now that you're going to be okay or not. And it just was like, the reason you know I what? Up... yeah, gynecologists are to black women, what police are to black men. Yes. Gynecologists are to black men, women, what police are to black men. Yeah. I, I am not apologetic about that sentiment. Fucking no. fight me. No. <laughs> but, fight but, me. Babe, I've got a story about that, that fucking will just again so many people will be able to relate to and it's really fucking sad so when I was 13 my mum was pregnant um Mm. with a little girl and she had multiple sclerosis but we didn't know because obviously multiple sclerosis takes it can take you know a decade to diagnose um and her cervix would not stay closed so she she was pregnant and what they started to find during the pregnancy is that her cervix was open and obviously if your cervix so your cervix holds the the baby inside the womb that that is tight mm. shut when you're pregnant so um they said to her okay we're just you're not going it's unlikely you'll be able to carry this baby full term um we're gonna put a stitch just one stitch in your womb it's like a 20 minute operation and then when you're and then you'll have a cesarean when you're when you're gonna have the baby so she then went into the hospital and was waiting for a week and it was just like every day the nurse the doctor sorry who was white, South African, and a woman, which in my experience, usually gynecologists are men, and I have issues with that as well. But anyway, she's a white South African mm. woman, this doctor, and she would come into the room and say, you know, you're 39 years old. Are you sure that you want to have this baby? This baby could have Down syndrome, so maybe you should get rid of it. You've got two children already. We think you should have a termination. And my mum is literally just there oh going, my God. Please, please. She's been in bed for a week, not moving, because she's desperate to keep this baby. The day that they decided finally, okay, we'll give it to you, seven days after she was admitted to hospital, she got up and went to the toilet and lost the baby. And it's like, that is one of these things, I know, where it's like, it was so devastating because it just did not have to happen. And they were coming out with all kinds of reasons why this woman shouldn't be having a child. And it's like, but whose choice is that? It's really her choice. So she's sitting there pregnant and she's begging you to give her the thing that she needs which is the simple 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 procedure just to be able to to carry her baby to term and you make the choice to every day come in and question her to the extent we were pressuring her putting her under so much stress and making her wait for something that she really can't wait to for because the baby's getting bigger like 
it just it was horrible it was so horrible Jay and again it's these things especially as black women that really you have to pay attention to there are I can't remember the, the statistics right now but uh black women die in childbirth however many times more than women do in the west and it is yeah. not because we have necessarily crazy complications like where for some reason fucking from the African people from the African diaspora just can't fucking have babies. No, we just can't reproduce. It's because nobody (laughs) is giving us the care that we need when we ask for the care. And it is this whole thing of being like dramatic and angry. And you know, all these fucking terms and labels that you get put on you as a black woman, you know, but just by being a black woman, you have to fight for the thing that you need, even if that is just the fucking medication. And it's, Mm. It's crazy. I mean, I would love to talk about, so for anybody who's like wondering kind of where to start with this stuff, I think the best place is is just getting to know how your cycle actually works. So I speak to a lot of women who just don't know. Like, we know we ovulate and we know we have a period, but we don't know that the cycle is broken down into four stages every month and the archetypes that go with that. It's like this whole wealth of information that can really help you be connected. So when... um. So you 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 go through four stages in a month, and those stages are, I'm just going to pull it up so I make sure I get the right words. Menstruation, which is when you're bleeding, the follicular phase, which Jay has spoken about a bit, um, where your body is getting ready to release eggs. Your ovulation, which is about 24 hours in the month, and that is when your body releases the egg and you are fertile. After that, you go into your luteal phase. And I always found the luteal phase, when, when you're trying to understand your period, the, for me, the luteal phase is one of them, was one of the most important things to kind of get my head around because this is the phase that helps you find um, the rhythm of your period, even if your period isn't regular. So if you want to kind of do any natural family planning and you want to um, be aware of when you're when you're fertile for example but your period's a bit all over the place one thing you will be able to recognize is that your luteal period so the from just after you ovulate to the, the first day of your period starting that phase is always the same amount of days so if your period is all over the place the differences come in that first section if that means so the the stage when you're getting your follicular phase and your uh, and, and your ovulation mm. um so it's just, it's, it's really, there are so many apps right now. I use this app called Women Log, but I know Natural Cycles is a big thing right now. Um, and for me, it's just given me, I, I, I suffer, I still suffer. There's still things that are going on, um, but it gives me a, a much greater sense of myself and kind of where I'm coming from, if I'm honest. I know when I can have sex and I don't worry about it. I don't use birth control in the sense that I don't use any chemical birth controls. I use natural family planning and I have since I, I, I have done that since I was in my mid twenties because I'm on top of my cycle. And it just gives you power, man. It just gives you power to not have to go out and buy a fucking condom. It gives you power to not have to, seriously, to not have to put all these chemicals and things into your body. You have to be on it. You have to be like serious about it if you're gonna do it. But as a as a woman or as a person with a womb, this is something that I feel like is is one of the places you can gain the most power over yourself. Yeah, I do want to point out that both Nikki and I are in long-term relationships, not with each other, (laughs) we are in respective long-term relationships, um, which is why we won't feel the need to use latex condoms. If you are are hoeing about, then probably do. If you're going out to a club, strap up, strap up. 
Because it's the angels' babies. <laughs> angels' babies we're worried about. <laughs> yeah, let's not go spreading chlamydia. <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> oh I, 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 it feels like it goes without saying, but I don't know. No. There's going to be one person in the comments who's like, "Don't use condoms." What do you mean? This is what we mean. <laughs> this is what we mean. Be smart. Take control of your life. Think about it. Don't let any nasty dick just up inside you. No, we cut that bit out. No, for, for real. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it in. Um, no, I, I've, I've been using like a diaphragm um, since I've had the marina coil removed and i'm i'm so glad for it or i um yeah i'm so glad for it because honestly this idea of having to go back onto birth control where i know how much havoc is caused within my body um i don't uh, i mean it said it's regular rigorously tested if it is then they are missing out a lot of data from the public eye because these doctors are really hot to say oh, you women, you're not gaining weight, you're just eating too much, and, you know, it's just in your heads. They're very, very quick to dismiss you. And health, um, it, I don't know, you, you probably sat here wondering, like, what has this got to do with animism? What has this got to... Your body, your body is the altar. Like, <laughs> you need to know this, your body is the altar. And literally, if the space that is the portal to the other dimension is having a hard fucking time uh-huh. then you yourself you're gonna have a hard time getting to that other that portal to the other dimension you're, yeah. you're literally gonna have a hard time doing it it's not impossible we're still doing our obia practice our magical practices but it it does take a lot more time and effort for me i have to plan it around you know how my womb is feeling like I'm not mm-hmm. coming to alter if I'm feeling like in cramps and in pain or if I'm having like a week's worth of PMS because my hormones are still all over the place from having this marina coil mm-hmm. um which was missold to me you know um it is important it is an important when your personal health is one of the most important a- animistic topics that we could possibly talk about mm-hmm. um because when we talk about the trine between mind, body, and spirit, um, you'll hear on a previous episode, if you have one thing out of whack, then it's going to cause other things to be out of whack. So the best thing you can do for yourself is to look after yourself and to take that control and to do the research. And don't feel shamed when your doctor or gynecologist says to you, oh, you've just been looking on the internet. Like, if you know how, oh my God, it really upsets me this isn't the 90s anymore you don't have to go to law libraries to find information out you can go on to scholar.google.com and you Mm -hmm. can search up tons of scientific journal articles scientific that have been peer-reviewed which your doctors are supposed to be topping up on and reading Mm -hmm. but you know maybe they aren't as much maybe even though they're a gynecologist they're going to be stuck to the mainstream validated things you know the articles that have been received pats on back between their friends and between their social groups because uh, don't get it twisted there is nepotism within science mm-hmm. if you are the wrong person that they don't like as a scientist there is going to be someone who's going to try and tear down your career 
that's it, it's no different it's not they're humans they're not superhumans they're not gods mm-hmm. problem with capitalism is we've made scientists into gods they're not they're people who test and rigorously test the data mm-hmm. they're not always going to have access to the things that you read and you're going to be able to find a way forward in your body. It's a revelation for me finding out that polycystic ovaries and endometriosis actually does have some link to childhood trauma. I was mm-hmm. very amazed to, it, it was like things started to fall into place for me because it's like, oh, okay. So within my animist practice of going outside in the woods, which I know is good for my mental health and my spiritual health. Um, it's also good for my vagus nerve and you know my vagus nerve sits at the bottom of my cervix and by fixing my nervous system maybe I help to start fixing my womb and I start to realize my womb isn't this isolated thing it's a part of a whole intricate network that works together symbiotically you are a symbiotic being so start to do the research take that into your own hands because it's we're the first generation to have information at our fingertips like this like Mm -hmm. you're a fool if you're not at least trying to use it as a research center 100 percent. and i mean that disrespectfully no i don't mean that disrespectfully. (laughs) 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 i mean yeah no i i I totally totally agree with you and like i just said there's a power i mean we haven't really got there yet so far on the episode but the the power like the literal magic of the womb being this place this creative place where life comes from and that isn't just like we're not just talking about babies we're talking about creative creativity creative life creation like that's the energy Mm. of the womb um and we are connected i feel like sometimes being a woman i feel like is one of the most if you want to, if you can sit in that place of connection to your women, it's one of the most easiest kind of beings to be on the planet that shows you our interconnectedness, because we mm. are, are are ruled by what the moon is doing, you know. And you're fair enough. Your period may not always feel on the same time every month. You may bleed with the uh, full moon rather than the new moon or whatever it is. But there's a cycle. There's a link. Our planet, our solar system, literally goes on this cycle, and then there's a macrocosm of our bodies that also then continues this cycle and I think that's a really beautiful thing to recognize um I want to just drop a, um, a book that I think is a really good book to start with if you want to begin to understand the more spiritual side of connecting with your womb yes Jay's got a book too which was the second one I was going to plug but uh, Red Moon by Miranda Gray so this is a great place to start she talks about the archetype she talks talks about um, getting into connection with your creativity um, in alignment with the moon, everything in alignment with the phase that you're at in your cycle. Um, and also things like uh, dreaming. So dreaming is a really amazing thing that can happen really intensely around your menstrual, around your menstruation. One of the best things I ever did for myself, and I would recommend this to any woman who just wants, you know, even if you just want to time out, We've every single month, and I know there are some women who don't struggle with it in the way that they feel really, really tired. But what your hormones are doing completely changes the way your focus is. And a lot of the time when we're bleeding, we want to stay still. We want to create, we want to output rather than input. Um, So one of the things that I did before, and it's something that I keep in my life, 
um, is a retreat. So I used to do, I did a 13 moon retreat, which is just a, um, so we follow the moon rather than the sun, 13 moons in a year. Um, and every bleed 13 times in that year, you spend three days in retreat. And this is beautiful. It's like, you don't do anything. You, you prep your food before those three days. So you're not cleaning anything. You're not cooking anything. All you have to do in those three days is be with yourself, sit, create like output don't take anything in so you're not even going to read a book if you want words in your life then you write those words if you want to listen to music then you create the music if you want to just rest and be with yourself then that's what you do and it's for me it's been so good and there's been times when I haven't even wanted to go on be in retreat if that makes sense and away from the world but I desperately just needed a break (laughs) and you literally design that for yourself around that time that sounds absolutely beautiful Oh my God, why? When you're sort of saying, like, oh yeah, the cooking and the cleaning, and when I'm thinking about it, I feel like all I'm ever doing is cleaning up this blooming house. I know, and babe. <laughs> it, it's like I'm constantly doing something. If I'm not working on my day job, I'm working on the podcast, I'm working on my art, I'm cleaning the kitchen. Like, when do I get the time to just be like, I'm not doing anything, I'm just sitting here? You need to carve that out for yourself, man. And if I you do, don't. Because- if you don't bleed regularly, sorry, like, so if you're saying through your cycle, you have difficulties with knowing when it's going to come, if it's going to come, you can still carve out those times mm. in the month for yourself where you give yourself that time, your retreat time, even if it's just one day, one afternoon where you can just sit and be with yourself. But as women, we have to fucking demand this shit, man. We literally have to be like, no, this is what's happening. Even with yourself, you, you're always going to feel responsible. Like you need to be doing something. Yeah, I need to tidy up that thing. But really you don't, it can wait a day. It can wait a day for you to be able to be with yourself and have a break. Mm. Yeah, totally. So that's a good one for repair. Mm -hmm. Yes, I also have Sacred Woman by Queen Afua. Mm -hmm. A guide to healing the feminine body, mind and spirit. I've just, I'm in the beginning of this book, about a third in. And honestly, it is it's just given me a different perspective on how to relate to my womb, how it it sort of gives an interesting historical insight to how the Kemetic people used to connect to their womb. And we've been told in this society that we're not really really supposed to have a connection to it. It's just an organ. Um, We're not supposed to take the time. If anything, you should be working through your period and you know putting yourself through that stress and um just sucking it all up get the right tampon shove your body with the right painkillers which by the way are bad for your kidneys and liver in the long run um just suck it up and get on with it you know isn't this what our grandmothers grandmothers fought for to be able to work you know if we if we start saying women don't have to work on their periods you know we're just admitting we're weaker than them um, <laughs> I know I want to throw <laughs> I want to throw something it's not a matter of being weaker it's a matter of, matter of a matter of understanding that specific bodies need specific things at specific times mm-hmm. but you know under capitalism we can't have that because everyone needs to be doing the exact same thing at the exact same time in order to keep the cogs moving in order to make money for um, someone else's third yacht mm-hmm. My- my body is not going to be exploited for that. Um, yeah, this book has just given me a different understanding of how you can approach your womb, how you can approach your moon times. 
Um, and I'm hoping that this book, alongside the herbal remedies that I'm starting to do and the womb ceremonies that I'm doing, will actually help to heal me in the long run. Um, because I am, I am just on, I'm literally a month okay so let's go back to when I had the marina coil I'm literally since February 2020 on this journey of repairing my womb Mm -hmm. and it's it's gonna be a long one and I don't expect that this will be all undone in one night given that I just put my body through like 10 years of chemical abuse and physical abuse you know from partners that really shouldn't have been allowed in that space partners who I'd call partners who really weren't partners were just Mm -hmm. extractive energy vampires Mm -hmm. your womb is an energetic space if you're having the wrong person in there that's poor spiritual hygiene Mm -hmm. and you know so so many women haven't even had the choice in that space energetically through violence you know and Mm -hmm. my heart goes out to every single one of you that is experience that because it is entirely disempowering and that has an effect on the womb you know it has Mm -hmm. an effect it has a psychological effect um so get you to as many womb ceremonies as you possibly can you don't have to do this in a group and pay for it you can start to devise your own do your own at home um you know think about womb steaming Mm -hmm. I don't know how familiar are you any at all familiar with yoni steaming. I'm Me? starting to look into it. Yeah, I've done lots of research on it, but I haven't ever done a yoni steam. Only really just because it's out of laziness. In the sense of, I'm like, oh, am I going to have to crouch over the bucket? Am I going to have to get a chair with a hole in it? <laughs> like, how am I going to work this one out? <laughs> yeah, basically, I, womb steaming. You get a bowl with herbs in it, and you find a way to hover your nether regions couch, couch over. over the over the boiling steam um at a safe distance not to mm-hmm. see you burn your coochie but it starts to affect the lubrication and you see you giggling <laughs> it affects the, the lubrication and how the the functionality of the womb and yeah i completely get that like what am i meant to do crouch over a bowl I've seen, but- I've seen videos where women have like put up pillows either side and like knelt on them and put the bowl in the middle so that's a good idea because this is something that i feel like um is a really useful tool that I really want to explore because it also clears out because you know one of the main things it does is is cleanse and I think mm. sometimes we can understand like in the body oh we want to have a detox we're going to have a juice fast or a water fast or whatever people kind of understand that con- that concept but thinking yeah. about like what your womb does and just this thing like letting go of this dead skin and blood every month and then maybe it doesn't have the capacity to let go of all of it it doesn't maybe didn't the end bit doesn't cleaned out like a yoni steam can help that and sometimes that backup of old blood can also be something that causes issues so for me I always have and here's just a bit more TMI for you lovely listeners know everything about my life and body um I will (laughs) usually start bleeding day one will be all brown blood you know, so I know yeah. that's old blood from the from my last period that hasn't last come period. out yet. And then I get all this pain. It's like my body's literally going, get out, get out. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there are so many tools that like that that are great to use. I mean, even this. So when I was going through my all my stuff in my cervical things, I was terrified. I was like, oh, my God, I've fucking got cancer. Do you know what I mean? It was really, really, really mm-hmm. hard. Um, 
I had a friend who just turned around to me and everyone's going, you know, eat this, try this, do that, meditate on that. And I couldn't because I was really upset. And I just had this one friend who went, Nick, just like, just send her some love. She's just like, just send your badge some love. Do you know what I mean? Just, yeah. And actually it made me think, I was like, fuck, because I have had issues with it and because you do get dissociated, a lot of the time the things that I think about my womb are not good. I don't have positive yeah. thoughts or good feelings. Like, oh, my womb's so not. I, I'm like, fuck's sake, I'm bleeding, get a fucking hurts. Like, uh, we make so- a lot of jokes about it as a society we as well. Like, oh, shark week, oh, I'm bleeding. Or, I know. or it's like disparaging remarks. Your womb hears. Exactly. And so just to even sit there and just be like, okay, I'm not going to think, okay, I may be in pain or it may not be working how I want it to work, but I love you, womb. <laughs> literally it's so simple it's so simple it may feel a bit silly sometimes but that is a really good beautiful nice thing to do for yourself just to send those places in the body like some love and respect so fucking work hard Mm. you know yeah totally totally and maybe at some point we'll get onto a part two where we're actually talking about like the sex magic of the womb because that is a topic i want to talk to talk about I think today we we needed to get the grumbles out. <laughs> yeah, we did, we did. But there's there's so, much, there's so much to share on this topic. We're definitely going to be coming back to this for sure. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Rose quartz dildos. Oh, babe. <laughs> Don't take it. I'm gonna... Yoni eggs. <laughs> Yoni eggs. Oh, babe, I've got some stories. I've got some stories. We should sign off now. <laughs> we should sign off now. <laughs> and on that lovely, lovely note. <laughs> no, honestly. Um, th- thank you so much for sitting here and listening to these. Well, it's, it's been a, an hour long rant. Honestly, we want to hear your feedback on this too. Um, in the comments on Instagram, the Afro Animist Podcast, or also on TikTok, Afro Animist Podcast. We'd love to hear your experiences of what it is meant to have a womb, to go on the womb journey, because for so many people who have wombs, it's um, it's been such a tricky relationship mm-hmm. because we we don't have a connection. We don't have a societal connection to that space that's positive. So a lot of us are having to dig our way back, dig our dig our way back to that yes yeah Yeah. um thank you for listening to the afro animist podcast you're here you've been here with me jay percy the artist and me nicola and yes just echo and jay thank you so much for giving us your time today we really help uh, sorry hope that this resonates with you and do be in touch help us build our community um spread the knowledge spread the knowledge <laughs>